If you really wanna propel your business, your practice, or your sales time, one of the greatest things that you can do is learn how to protect your time. So what examples do you have and what can you do so that you're not giving your time away for free? Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a fantastic day. I'm coming to you live from the mobile How to Sell Show studios. I'm sitting out here by the slough. You may hear some birds chirping, some, some animals in the background. Still a perfect day. And today's topic is how to protect your time at work and in sales. Today, I'm gonna to share some examples with you and I wanna make sure that I don't come across as a jerk, an arrogant, or anything otherwise. And these examples that I'm gonna share with you are things that you can pick from and that you can choose. These examples are ways that you can protect your time based upon what I do. It doesn't mean that you have to do it this way. And I'm gonna share with you some insights. Now, I understand that your, your uh, people that you do business with have a reasonable amount of expectation or time that they want you to contact them in. And so when I, when I talk about protecting my time, some of these concepts and ideas come down to systems for other people. Some of these concepts and ideas come down to also dealing with, you know, calling people back. And the thing for you to be aware of is that the people that you know, whether it's family members, whether it's friends, whether it's uh, potential business partners, whether it's potential new clients or even old clients, people will chew through your time if you allow them to. And if you pretend like you've got nothing going on, you will have someone just talk your ear off. I, I wanna give you an example. I tend to think of my time like I'm an attorney. So if I were to bill out at a, at a quarterly hour rate, what would that number be? And the reason I bring this up for you is if you were to bill out at a quarterly rate, what would your time be worth? Now, some attorneys don't charge like that. They charge a flat fee. So to give you an example, in the mid-90s, I had a great aunt that died. And her daughter was calling and talking to the family attorney and didn't realize that she was on the clock. She didn't realize that back at, back then in the mid-90s, she was being charged 250 bucks an hour to just tell family stories. And so when she got this enormous bill, she was like, I thought we were just talking as a friend. And the attorney said, hey, wait, you were taking my time. You were chewing through my time. I charge for my time. And she says, you never warned me. And he pulled out the agreement that said that all phone calls, you know, into him were considered business and there was nothing uh, for personal time. And so she would call and talk to him for an hour, an hour and a half at a time. And she was getting charged, you know, for an hour of time, 250 bucks. And so I, I may sound aggressive here, but I want you to take a look at your time value of money. And overall, this may give you some insights when you try to connect with other people. So you, you have busy executives, you have business, busy business owners, you have busy managers. You know, some people may take a look and say, I'm going to protect my time like Scott does. I just do it a little bit differently. And 
Some of my examples, you know, you may go, I really like that. Some of my examples, you may say, I'm not going to do that. Some of you may be like, hey, I'm definitely going to put that in place. And I'm just sharing with you some best practices. It doesn't mean it's the only way to do it. So take from this list what you want. Uh, I do have a daily routine. I get up at a set time every day. I, I have standard practices. And in the business world, I don't check my emails until 9 o'clock in the morning. Because I have focused time to get things done. And one of those things is not to answer emails. If it was sent to me as an email, there's only so urgent it can be. Okay? I don't re phone, return phone calls until 10 a.m. Somebody calls me in the morning. I typically don't answer my phone because I have a set time for that. Uh, I also have a set time to use airplane mode. And this is one of the greatest strategies that I've learned. That, you know, if people can't email me, they can't call me, they can't Slack me, they can't text me, I have ultimate control over my time. When people have the ability to contact you at any time, any day, you're running from side to side of the ship trying to put out fires. And, you know, if you set your examples and you tell people, hey, this is the way that it is when you work with me, then, you know, those ground rules up front really do help you out. And a lot of salespeople will say, I'm available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, which, you know, good for you for wanting to live that. But there's a point in time where it becomes super difficult to have a family, a personal life, or anything when you set that unrealistic expectation because nobody else is gonna do that. So realize whatever expectation you set with your buyer when you sell them their product or their service or you enter into a new relationship is what they're gonna live by. And anytime that I'm working with a client, I'll say, hey, look, here's the thing. Uh, I don't always answer my phone. I, you know, if you need to get a hold of me, these are the parameters that you reach out to me. These are the parameters that we do within coaching. These are the ways that we work through your problems. And it's not that you get 24 hours a day, seven days a week access to me. You know, Ryan Levesque wrote this book called uh, The Ask Method, and he created a process. He didn't just write a book, but he, he, he was on stage four years ago, and I heard him talk about this. And he said, in the beginning, I would answer my calls, I would answer my emails, and I would do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And then what I decided to do was I gave people set times. And so people would call or contact me that were that I was coaching, and they would say, hey, we need to talk about this widget or this gizmo or this thing that we got going on. And his answer was like, look, we have an hour set up on Wednesdays or Thursdays for this very thing. Is this an emergency? Because it'll go into the emergency clause on the contract and we'll charge you more or can this wait till our set date? And I really thought about that after I left that event in Austin. I was like, that is freaking brilliant. That is amazing. So Ryan Levesque, if you hear this, much appreciated, man. So uh, I take calls for, for new opportunities when people are reaching out to me on Wednesdays. Wednesdays is the day of people reaching out to me and saying, I've got something that I want to do. It's Wednesdays or nothing, and it's between 9 a.m. and 12 p.m. I've got a three-hour window. If you've got some pressing issue, you want to reach out to me, and you know, you've know you got an idea, you've got a strategy, chances are good it's going to happen between 9 a.m. and 12 p.m. on a Wednesday. If I'm out in Hawaii, okay, it'll be between 7 a.m. and uh, 9 a.m. or 12, 12 p.m. on that day. But I, I don't just say, hey, we're going to do Tuesday or Wednesday. If you're reaching out to me, your schedule's got to work with mine. Your schedule's got to be on my dime. And I learned this from Dan Kennedy. Dan Kennedy did an interview and he was talking about time. And he was like, look, if you're coming to me, 
you're going to work with my schedule. If I'm coming to you, I'm going to work with your schedule. And so that 9 to a, uh, 12 p.m., that 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. time is coveted. And if someone's like, well, I can't do this date and it's super important, I'll be like, we're going to look at next week. If it's that important, you're going to move your schedule for me. And this may sound aggressive. This may sound like I'm being a jerk. I'm not. I'm protecting my time. Uh, I, I'm going to switch gears a little bit and talk about shopping. I tend to shop when there's nobody in the store. One, because I have a hearing problem. And two, because I don't want to wait in long lines. So, so if I can, I will shop first thing in the morning or I will shop late at night. And this is only if I can't order it online and have it delivered to the house. You know, this is, this is only if I, I have to go get something. There's times where I will pay somebody to go get things for me. And if I'm working on a project that's worth thousands and thousands or tens of thousands of dollars, I will pay somebody a couple of bucks to go to the store, run and grab things for me, and then I'm able to focus on what needs to get done. I run from drama. Uh, people will pull you into stupid games and stupid stories faster than anything. And I, I put a line in the sand. You know, there's things that I deal with inside of the family that are just natural parts of life. But I have this saying, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I borrowed that from something or a meme that I saw on the internet. I, I run from drama. Even though it's, it's for some people a natural part of life, if I find that somebody has a lot of drama in their life, I tend to do what I can to not interact with them because it, it pulls me off of my game. It pulls me off my capability. Now, I know that not everybody has that ability, and this may come down that you have four hours a day that you don't have to deal with drama or one hour a day. I would encourage you to find that safe haven. Uh, I cut negative people out of my life knowing that if I look for red flags, I'm going to find them. If you go looking for red flags, you're going to find them. Meaning if you go looking for reasons why something's not going to work, you're going to find every reason it's not going to work. If you go looking for reasons why something's going to work, you're going to find every reason why it should work. But negative people that are problematic, that are drama, I, I just, I want no part of. Whether they're a client, I don't, I don't care if somebody offers me a ton of money. If they're going to be drama, I don't want anything to do with them. It ruins my work. It ruins my life. It ruins... Uh, what I have going on, and I just won't deal with it. Alan Weissman wrote this book called Million Dollar Consulting. And I've probably listened to that book, I don't know, once a month for the last three years, just because there's so many good ideas in there that I pick up on something new every time I check it out. But uh, one of the things that Alan Weissman says is like, don't do conceptual planning. He's like, if somebody's going to move forward with you and they're going to have some skin in the game, just to have conversations, to have conversations is a complete waste of time. So I'll talk to people about ideas and concepts, but if it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere, I just like, hey, I'm out. This isn't going to work for me. If it feels like all we're doing is just talking to talk and somebody wants attention, that's not for me. Uh, you're going to find that that will chew through your time, your energy, and your effort, and nothing comes from it most of the time. I don't get caught up in social media drama. You know, I, I don't go online looking for fights. I don't go online looking for problems. I don't go online looking for issues. Now, I, I'm a very opinionated person, and I'll talk about my beliefs, but I don't actively go out searching for the fights. Uh, it just, it, it makes for drama in my life. It makes for problems that I don't need. I have set times to create content. It's a Sunday afternoon right now while I'm recording this episode. I record probably four or five episodes every Sunday, 
And I have set time to do that. I have set time tonight to record some videos. I've got set time tonight to, re to write some blogs. But I have set time to create content. I mean, it's the only way that I was able to come up with 2,600 YouTube videos was to put set time together. And when people talk to me, they're like, how did you do 2,600 YouTube videos? I said, I would record 10 or 20 videos in a batch. And I just set up time every week to do it. Or I would go traveling. And when I traveled, I would set time to, to create content. And so uh, it's important to work in batches when you can. And then with that being said, uh, I, I put all of my docs, all my documents online uh, in a couple of different cloud spaces. And the reason for that is in 2014, my house got broken into. And I had just got done writing a book, like literally the night before. This is the drama of all dramas. I finish a book at two o'clock in the morning. I had to be at work at six. So I got up at five. I left all my hard drives out. I left out all of my, my, uh, my content and the house got broken into and everything got stolen. Every single thumb drive, every single hard drive, uh, three laptops. I mean, they got away with a lot of goods. And within that was a lot of content that I couldn't recreate within that was a lot of work that I'd put in previously. So I back up everything. I back up on hard drive, I back up on cloud, and if I do a recording like I am today, even though I'm in the mobile studio, as soon as I'm done, I'm going to put it on a thumb drive in case something happens to the recorder. I'm going to put it on my phone in case something happens to my, my recorder and my thumb drive. It's just a way that I found, yeah, it sounds silly, but when you lose all of your documents, you'll figure out real quick how much your time and your value is worth. And so part of this is uh, to protect my time when I fly... I put on headphones and I work my butt off on an airplane. You can have the most productive day on an airplane. And the reason for that is you can't take a phone call. You can't take a text message. And if you tell the people that are sitting around you, like, I, I would love to have a conversation with you, but I have a deadline for a project. This is the magic phrase that I have tested over and over and over again. I would love to have a conversation with you. It's very nice to meet you. I'm not trying to be rude, but I've got a deadline for a project. And people will say, what are you working on? I'd say, look, I, I would love to have the conversation with you. I've got to get this done. And then I just turn my headphones on and I, I ignore them. Because I, you know, at the end of the day, what's more important to me? A story from a lady who's got grandkids in Cincinnati or a project that I'm working on. That's my time. Just because I'm sitting next to you on an airplane doesn't mean that I have to be friendly. Doesn't mean that I have to have a conversation. And I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just trying to protect my time. Uh, I tend to set appointments for everything that I can. I don't like to wait, wait in line. I, I, and if possible, I will pay to be moved forward to the front of the line. I, I don't want to have to wait for things to get done. And uh, if I'm at home, I don't ever answer my, first, my front door. I learned this from Kevin Hogan. Kevin Hogan was my first mentor, and he was like, Scott, the worst thing you could do is allow for people to interrupt your day. I don't answer my door. I don't. And so I was like, I like this idea. So if my, my family is coming over and they knock on the door and they didn't tell me, I'm not answering it. You know, they may call me, but if I've got my focus time and I've got my phone on airplane mode, I'm not answering my phone. And in the back office, I can't hear when people knock. And I just like, I'll let it go. It's got nothing to do with me. On this list, learn to say no. And a lot of times salespeople are scared of rejection. So which means that they're scared to give rejection. And your ability to tell people no is going to be one of the greatest strategies that you have. The ability to tell somebody I'm not going to do that gives you so much freedom. The ability to say no says... Uh-uh. I, I don't have time for this. This isn't going to work. I don't think I can. 
I don't think I can make that happen. You know, listen to this. You've put time, energy, effort, risk, reputation towards your skills and knowledge. And, you know, when you learn to protect your time and you learn to say, hey, like this isn't going to happen, it gives you extra confidence. It gives you extra capability. It gives you extra time to get done what you need to get done. And when it comes down to it, I don't jump on the phone for just about anyone. Now, there are some big name marketers. There are some big name uh, gurus out there that have emailed me and said, hey, I want to have a conversation. That is a completely different story. That's a new opportunity for business. Now, with that being said, I don't do that all day, every day. Just like I have a calendar, they got a calendar. And so we'll figure out a time to make it work. I don't let people pick my brain. Um, this is, this is going to sound aggressive, but you know, here's the thing. I've spent a ton of time, energy, and effort reading, going to classes, having professional experience. And that knowledge didn't happen for free, so I don't give it away for free. You know, and a lot of times people who want to pick my brain, it's conceptual ideas. And what they're doing is they're saying, I don't know if I got skin in the game and if I want to do this. Um, you know, give me all the reasons why I should or build out some examples or tell me what I can do. And at the end of the day, that's consulting. At the end of the day, that's what consulting fees are for. And what's very frustrating is a lot of the people who want to pick my brain don't ever take action on it. And so this is why I, I, my minimum fee isn't by the hour. It's by a time block. You can buy a time block of my time. It's not like, hey, Scott, I want to buy an hour of your time. It's going to be a time block. It's going to be a consulting session. It's going to be a package. And once I answer that question on the phone... That session's over. I'm not going to sit on the phone and talk about like rapport building stuff. I've got stuff to do. And understand, I'm not doing it to be a jerk. I'm doing it to protect my time. You know, this is what CEOs do. This is what large organizations, this is how they run. You know, if, if you're going to ask somebody a question and you get the answer, why do you need to stay on the phone with them? Like, you got your answer. That's what needs to be done. Now it's time to move on. So, you know, people will say, hey, can I pick your brain? They'll say, you know, here's the thing. I don't do that. I do consulting sessions. Here's a block of time. Here's how much it is for the block of time. And if you want to book the appointment, you book the appointment. If you don't, you don't. And I, and I did this in a very specific way. And I learned it from Roland Frazier. And Roland said, hey, look, if, if you allow for people to chew through your time, you're going to spend a whole bunch of time for doing deals that nothing happens on. But if somebody's willing to put some time and invest in the, in the process, you know that they're willing to take action. So shout out to Roland Frazier. Uh, a couple of other things that I've learned along the way. Systematize everything and anything that you can. And I went and I got to see Alex Charfin in Austin, Texas a couple of years back. And like he's done a lot of consulting with billionaires. And so he said, him and I just had a private conversation. That Not so private that I can't tell you what he said because I've heard him say it in different settings now a few different times. But he says, billionaires systematize everything. They have set times and dates to do stuff. He said it's one of their common trends. It's one of the common themes and one of the best things that he learned from them. So any system you could put in place is going to free up your time. It's going to take some time to build it out, but it's also going to free up the maximum amount of time that you have to get things done. So if, if, you, if you can conceptualize that, I'm going to give you a couple of examples. One of them is to make videos for rep repetitive events. So I have people that reach out to me a lot. So I put videos together to answer questions. So somebody says, hey, Scott, I want to jump on a call with you. I want to talk to you about marketing. So I have a video that I send out to people if they want to do a sales appointment. I have a video for people if they want to do some sort of consulting. 
And then what I do is I tie that to a quiz software. Think like in terms of Jotform, um, Typeform, Quizly, any of these things where you, you ask questions up front to gather information up front because there's times that you're gonna connect with people and they're just not a good fit. They don't fit your parameters. And once again, this is done to protect time instead of just jumping on the phone and having random conversations. I want them to be as fruitful as possible. I, I don't ever wanna come across as arrogant. I don't ever wanna come across as a jerk, but at the same time, I wanna maximize the time that I have. You could use virtual assistants to answer calls, respond back, do posting or do editing. There is a ton of companies out there, depending upon what you wanna pay, you can get people on the Philippines to do some, some tasks for about 250 bucks a month. You can get them for full-time for about a thousand. And if you're like, Scott, I can get it done for less, congratulations. I'm just giving you examples. I'm not looking for a fight of how much you pay for somebody to do stuff for. And if something doesn't appeal to you, just get used to saying no. I, I wish I could. I don't, I don't think that that project is right for me. I'm, I'm not interested in moving forward with this idea. This, this concept isn't something that I wanna take part in. And the, the better you can get at these things, the better off you're gonna be. Now, I gave you a whole list of items. And the reason that I talked in first person is because these are things that I do. There's no way to like third person, you could do this, you could do that without having the same type of conviction. You're gonna find that by protecting your time, you have more ability to get things done. You're gonna find that the people who are successful around you for the most part have some sort of systematization, systematization or processes like this that really help out. You're gonna find that the more that you value your time, the more you get things done. The more that you value your time, the more urgency that you put into projects. The more that you value your time, the less people will bother you with things that just aren't gonna go anywhere. One of the greatest things that you can do to propel your business is to protect your time. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.